welcome to the FLW Fantasy Pod. Here with Michael, and I am here with Bainey. How are you going? I'm great. I'm great, Michael. Excited for the season ahead. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. The uh, the platform's nearly ready to open. Yep, indeed, indeed. Yes. And yes. today we've got a special guest. We're joined by uh, Aaron Jewell, also known as Azza. Azza, how are you going? Very well, boys. Thank you very much for inviting me on the podcast. Nice. Our pleasure. Nice. Welcome. So, can you tell listeners a bit about yourself, Azza, before we get going? Yeah, sure. So, look, um, I'm in the um, content creation game, data storytelling, as I like to say it. So, I've got a, uh, a very good passion for statistics, and I've been playing um, Supercoach and AFL Fantasy for quite a number of years now, seasoned veteran, if you like. Um, and that's what's really driven my passion for statistics and, you know, been as you probably, listeners out there and yourselves have probably seen quite a number of stats that I put out there, just to be able to give people better insights into the game, try to make sure that they can get the best out of themselves, and also just to get them to know the players a little bit better as well, too, from a fantasy yeah. point of view. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. And uh, so do you have any kind of, like, a, a degree in data analysis or anything like that? <laughs> Not yet. No. No. Um, so I actually have uh, an events management background. That's been my wow. um, my yeah. career for the last uh, 10, 15 years. But look, it's now getting to a point where I'm really loving it so much that I've started to think, well, no, maybe career in data science or you know, uh, journalism is going to be the way to go. So currently wow. looking at all of those options underneath the table. Yeah. And who do you do some of this data work for? Uh, so look, I've, I've done some work uh, for Herald Sun past. Um, so I did a lot of work with the BBL fantasy uh, last season and yep. some minor things um, this uh, season for Supercoach as well too. But uh, look, you know, uh, you might see my name pop up a few places more than that in the uh, coming future as well. Who knows? Amazing, amazing. Uh, you come across as a pro. You are a pro. I love seeing your <laughs> no. tweets. Uh, always something exciting, always a new angle on things. Um, uh, any any gems that you got for us to to just whet the appetite of our listeners? Oh, all right. Let's see. Well, one of the unique things um, that I probably have that um, well, you don't really see out there is information around um, some of the draftees in terms of the under-18 championships um, perspectives. And so there's a lot of information around there that doesn't get published. So for your readers and for your listeners that are here uh, listening on tonight, the number one performing player that was drafted this season was Ella Roberts from Western Australia, who averaged 99.3 in her three games for Western Australia for wow. NFL Fantasy. One to really watch out for. Wow. And on Ella Roberts, I mean, we'll get to the draft itself soon, but uh, I believe the way the the women's draft worked was that players could nominate for a particular state they wanted to be drafted into. Yeah, that's right. A little and different. so because the... Um, because the all the expansion teams were in particular states, what it meant was that West Coast, who had the first pick in WA, um, got to pick up Ella Roberts with, uh, I believe it might have been pick 14. 14. Yeah. And mm. she, I think, was touted as the second possibly best um, draftee in the pool. They, she was quite similar to Montana Ham, I believe. So that's a bit of a steal at, at pick 14. Yeah, definitely right. There was a lot of those um, value picks that sort of would have slid um, if it had been a um, a national draft that probably would have been players, as you said, like Ella Roberts getting picked up a little earlier. Um, you know, Charlotte Baskrant probably would have got pick, picked up um, a little earlier as Did well by Port Adelaide. 
support. Uh, she got picked up by Hawthorne pick nine, but um, you know mm. she's she's been heavily touted. But I know that uh, yeah, Port Adelaide and Sydney were really um, big on her as well. But the way the draft worked um, for this season um, didn't get picked up. But they still really, but Sydney really really got lucky with uh, Montana Hand, Sophia Hurley nominating for New South Wales, leaving Victoria, and um, they've got some fantastic gems for Sydney so- this season. So can you just tell us a little bit about uh, your experience with the AFLW before we get into the draft, mm. the draftees? Do you, did you play AFLW fantasy last season? Have you been following the AFLW much? Yeah, look, I've, I've been a, um, a close follower of AFLW since its inauguration. Uh, first, the first season, 2017, been following it quite closely. And yeah, um, when the opportunity arose for AFLW fantasy, Boy Moira's Magic came along, uh, had to jump on it and um, give it a go. And yeah, look, Probably not a great start. I didn't. I can't really actually remember where I finished, but I don't think it was probably in the top five hundred from memory. <laughs> it's usually not a good sign if you can't remember the rank. The good ones no. you remember. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it wasn't too great. But I mean, it's again, it's a steep learning curve when you're mm. looking at AFL fantasy. And I'm more of a super coach type of person um, right. myself. So yeah. I've got a few years' experience with AFL fantasy, but look, there's still still some intricacies there that I still haven't really worked out with the statistics side, but I'm still having fun nonetheless. It's awfully disappointing to hear. We don't like Supercoach over here, but uh, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> no, no. L- love for all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So with the draft, uh, where like the stats that you've got for the draftees, do they come from all of the uh, under 18 comps or do they also come from the state leagues or how does that work? Yeah. So look, I've got, um, uh, so there's a lot of stats out there. Uh, the access that I've got primarily relates to all the competitions, um, thankfully. So, you know, um, there's a lot of stats that you can find readily available online through the different state websites. So VFLW uh, can be found on the AFL's website now. That's been integrated in there. Sandfield's really open with the amount of uh, stats that they put out there. So you can easily find some stats on the uh, women's players as well. The same for um, the Waffle as well too. As of last year, Champion Data started to take statistics out of there too. So you can find some stuff published on their uh, on their website now too as well. So there is plenty out there, but it is just a matter of just fishing for it and actually just sifting through it and putting it all in. So someday soon, I'm looking at also providing those statistics more easily accessible for everyone to be able to read too. So something to look out for in the future. Yeah, nice. So the draftees from uh, last season, so for the first season of AFLW Fantasy, uh, there was a few mm. big names. So Charlie Rowbottom, pick one, and Prasparkas, pick two, were the big two. But there were a few other really good pickups from the draft that played almost the entire season. Which players from this <clears throat> most recent draft are you expecting to play, if not all great. the season, the bulk of the season? Great question. Yeah, look, that's a great question. I mean, um, it's it's a bit bit of a hard and unknown, um, but, I mean, were I would there probably... Any, were there likely... any mature age recruits in there? Uh, look, there were a couple that um, that did get picked up from the VFL leagues. Uh, Montana Brilson got picked up by Sydney, who was playing for the Hawthorne VFL Um is one to probably look at. Um, just trying to think of the other ones that off the top of my head got picked up. There were a few later on. Um, Stephanie uh, Stephanie Wales uh, picked up by Essendon, who came from Casey in the VFLW. Mia Skinner's probably another um, a good one. But I think, look, there's probably a few earlier up the orders, as we've talked about earlier. Montana Ham's going to be a, a popular name that you'll hear quite a lot. Um, she's probably going to be one expecting to... 
uh, play the whole season round and looking at her averages throughout the um, the NAB League when she played for Western Jets and Vic Metro for the under-18 yeah. champs. Fantastic. Um, 94.9 and 96.7 AFL fantasy. So huge wow. numbers up there and probably likely to be a, a, a Charlie Rollbottom kind of uh, deal wow. for a fantasy, I would say. That's, that's big stocks. Uh, we, we did have a chat to Britt Perry from Port Adelaide last week, and she was mm. really good. And she actually um, mentioned Hannah, Hannah Ewings, who was pick three, I yeah. think, in the draft, Port's first pick, said that she's a might be a chance to to play in round one. What were her uh, junior numbers like? So for um, North Adelaide, which she played in the Sandville, uh, she averaged 84.9 over the season. And for South Australia, in the three games that she played for the under-18 teams, 90.7. So again, very high numbers. Um, she's one of the better performing players in in, in the draft. Uh, along you know, Jasmine Fleming's another good one. Sophia Hurley uh, had the biggest numbers from the NAB League, 112 wow. average. And those numbers, because obviously the AFLW is shorter than the mm-hmm. AFL. Um, Very true. 16 or, or something minutes per quarter. Um, are the, the junior leagues, so the under-18s and the state leagues, are they the same length quarters as the AFLW? Yeah, that's right. So it's actually really interesting when you put these numbers into perspective, given the length of time, to be able to put up such big numbers. Um, So again, Sophia Hurley, as I mentioned, 112 per game. That's just extraordinary um, for for a person to be putting up those kind of numbers, given the amount of possessions needed to be able to get to a a score that high regularly. Yeah, absolutely. The way I look at it is uh, from an AFL fantasy perspective, it's the COVID year we had where... Uh, or they had the shorter quarters, yep. and mm. most scores were down to about eighty percent of what they were on average. So I kind of extrapolate it through that and say, well, one twelve in a COVID year in AFL fantasy was probably like a one forty, which is just incredible to average yep. as a junior. Yeah, that's uh, that's Sam Walsh territory. <laughs> that's right. Nice. Um, we're also looking for second, third year players that sort of take the next step. You know, we've seen yeah. Um, uh, in in the AFL fantasy super coach as well, you know those that sort of pop in their second third year breakout candidates. Um, so beyond this year's draft, if you look back in the last couple of years' drafts, were there anyone any players that that you like that you may think will start to dominate? Or oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, look, I mean Charlie Robottom was an absolute standout last season. I can see her uh, going um, nice, another notch nice. again. Um, so she's probably one to watch out for. Um, Press Parkers probably depends on um, how the rest of the side goes. I'm not really sure. Uh, Leah Cutting from St Kilda put in a fantastic performance throughout the season and still um, uh, dominated um, quite well in the state leagues as well when she uh, went back after the end of the AFLW season. I'm just uh, seeing if I can find that score for you too. Yeah. Um, that's right, uh, you go. In the um in the in the men's game, you know, we we uh we rely on these players to to take it to the next step, uh to the next level. And you know, they are the undervalued sort of uh, premiums that, that you can pick yeah, up. Yeah, I mean they're the hardest, yeah. they're gonna be the hardest ones to pick this season, I think, or in pro- and probably for the next few seasons with the AFLW, with the men's comp, it's so figured out that you know pretty much all the players that have had good first years or, you know, that have had an, an injured season. Whereas with FLW, it's still so new to a lot of coaches out there and a lot of listeners that uh, a lot of people are going with the guns and rookies at the moment just because they're not sure who those mid-priced players are. So I think if yeah. you pick a few of them, it's going to be huge. 
Yeah, yeah and exactly right. Yeah, the mid prices were always the hardest thing to to do in AFL fantasy, uh, AFLW fantasy, I should say, especially because a lot of players were picking uh, Kiara Bauer straight off the top. Mm-hmm. And so with that amount of money that you spent, yep. the flow-on effect is quite huge. So you either have to pick all those rookies yep. or if you're wanting to try the mid price as well, it's a gambit. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, going back to Lear Cutting, I did find it um, in the Sandfall, 100.8 average. Wow. Nice. And nice. she, uh, from memory, was she listed as a defender last season? Uh, she was in the Ruck. Oh, Ruck, right. Yes. That's right. Well, yeah, I mean, she holds that Ruck status. That could mm. be huge. Uh, we did have a chat to Mimstrom from Fremantle recently, and we talked a bit about the Ruck. Um, and it's it's definitely going to be a hard position to pick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, probably uh, one of the best rookies that will be coming up in the ruck is Fleur Davies, who got picked up by GWS. Okay. Um, she is, you know, she's been she's an extremely good talent. Um, there wasn't probably a lot of um, great depth at GWS in the ruck perspective, so I suspect she'll probably be uh, firming for that number one ruck position oh, uh, coming in oh. at a rookie price uh, this season. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's a really good segue into what I wanted to ask next, which was with the draft, um, I noticed that I mean, Champion Data haven't quite released yet. I mean, as we're recording this, the positions for all of the draftees, but mm. um, I noticed that about 90% of the top 20 were, or even top 25 were midfielders in their juniors. And so I yeah. imagine a lot of them are going to be listed as midfield on uh, AFLW Fantasy. Selby did mention that they're tweaking the formula a little bit so that people that because they don't have dpp players that um were eligible for a dual position that were non-mid even if their primary position was mid they would be given non-mid so for example if you have a player Uh that had 60 percent mid 40 percent forward just to help with some diversity within teams that she might may or may not be given forward status instead of mid status um so my question is are there many top are there any picks that might start round one that are non-mid that you know um well i'm just yeah just thinking off the top of my head so probably um amber clark i would probably suspect will start uh as a forward essendon um right? yes essendon yep for amber clark for essendon um sarah goodwin um defender Paige scott's probably a forward um mia austin will be a really interesting one for carlton um, I suspect that she'll probably be put into the ruck rather than a forward. Right. Um, and she's got some really good numbers as well too. But it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because there's probably quite a few that the, um, that really pop back into the frame if they get that uh, forward stat. So again, Ella Roberts, yeah. uh, who we mentioned earlier, probably is going to be a forward pick, which will be incredibly good luck for That's the, the West Coast Pencilis, first West Coast yeah. pick. Wow, correct. That be, yeah, that would be incredible. Imagine a Charlie Robottom in the forward line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, because yeah, she she was listed as a midfielder forward. Um, so if Selby's going that direction, I would like to hope that she's put into the forward line because I mean, that'll be just incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously don't want to um, put any words no, into his mouth. No. I, I, no. Nothing's been released yet. Um, but that was what I took out of our podcast mm. we had with him the other week, where he said that. Uh, last season, where there was any DPP, the players were just given mid, regardless of what split it was, I believe. Yeah. Um, because he felt that most picks in the men's comp were like all the defenders were mid defenders, all the forwards were mid forwards, and he wanted some more diversity. But what that led to was there wasn't many options back or forward, and therefore pretty much everybody started with the same forwards and back lines 
um, in fantasy, and the only real difference was which premiums you'd picked in the midfield. So I think this year he's going to swing it back a little bit. I don't know how far, but I think it's going to be swung back a little bit, and that way we can hopefully get some more value picks back and forward, and that means maybe we can afford a bit more um, premiums in the midfield because last season pretty much everyone started with Kiara Bowers and then maybe one other premium, and then you had Prasparkas and uh, I think Keeley, Megan Keeley from Richmond, and yep. uh, Robottom was pretty much everyone starting midfield, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, if we look at the expansion clubs and the uh, the relevance or on on the league, how that looks like, you know, expected expected score lines in the first few rounds as the expansion clubs settle down and and get your best um the best team together. What yeah. do you reckon the fantasy impact will be on on that? Yeah, look, it's going to be really interesting to see how these new expansion clubs come in because they're, they're starting from scratch. I mean, yeah. a lot of them have been able to bring in a lot of experienced players to um, defeat it with the players that they've been able to select from the draft or from um, other avenues as well too. So and the best um, uh, thing that we're going to be able to get from it is probably the preseason matches that are coming up yeah. next weekend. Yeah. It'll give us a really good insight to see how those teams are really going to um, go in the first few rounds of the AFLW. It takes a bit of time for any team, to, any new team to gel. We we've seen it um, throughout the um, you know career of sports. Uh, you know, GWS took quite a long time to gel. Same with Gold Coast. So, I, I suspect that will probably be a bit of a slow burn on some of the uh, expansion sites. But that being said, some of them have done incredibly well. As we've mentioned, Sydney had picked up probably th- um, three of the best midfielders in, in, in last year's draft. You know, Montana Ham and Sophia Hurley and um, oh, I'm trying to remember the other the other girl's name. Um, it eludes me at the moment. Uh, I guess the problem there that I foresee is that you can't um, you can't start three 18-year-olds at no, your centre bounce this is in, true. in round one as Sydney. So those girls are they I don't know they may be pushed out into pockets or something or they they may not be ready to play around one but um mm. historically with goal like you look at the most recent example of Gold Coast where from a fantasy perspective it was actually they were actually a bit of a, a trap because all the rookies yes. they had so many rookies play around one that you filled your benches with Gold Coast rookies half of them weren't named in round two because the club was experimenting uh, whereas with the FLW I don't know if that's gonna be the same you think that a lot of the AFLW players currently uh, are more professional athletes than professional footballers. Obviously, AFLW is still relatively new. And so a lot of these girls that have been drafted, uh, they've been playing football now for some of them for up to a decade with the mm. plan of getting into the AFLW, which is awesome. It means a lot of them are going to come more, I think, football ready. So I'm just curious to see which way it goes, whether it goes like it did with Gold Coast, where they're really managed after like round one, or whether we actually see them thrown into the deep end. Yeah, and you mean, and again, we mentioned a good point with Sydney that um, fifteen players on their list uh, of thirty are midfielders. So there's going to be have wow. to be a few players that are going to have to play in different positions. And um, you touched on it there as well too with the um, uh, the readiness of the players. I mean, having a list of so small as well means that there are going to be a lot of players that are playing round one, and there's not really going to be a great turnover that see traditionally in an AFL men's competition where the list size is a 45 plus so a lot of the players will get that will get the game time that we don't have to worry too much about having to worry about who's playing this week and who's not some of the draftees 
will likely probably miss out over the more experienced players. And that's just knowledge of, of the game and how it works. Um, but, yeah, look, it's going to be really interesting to see um, oh, how they're going to turn out. No idea. I mean, uh, if you look at Sydney, we talked about um, the defenders, the, you know, the young um, midfielders, absolutely plentiful. You know, the rucks, probably young with a bit of experience, forwards, um, not too bad. The rucks are, you know, really intriguing position at Hawthorne. Um, defenders, probably an even spread there, which is uh, good to see. They've got a really tall forward line um, at Hawthorne, which is going to be really interesting to see. Um, Sarah Perkins moving over there. They've got Caitlin Ashmore, Jane Bard as well. So that'll be really one uh, interesting to watch. I'm probably not really um, keen on any of the forwards from Hawthorne. Um, Port Adelaide, I know we've touched on a little bit there, but, yeah, the midfielders have got a good even split there. Uh, not a great deal of experience defensively, but, um, look, you know, it's it's a good side that they've really put together there, Port Adelaide. Uh, you know, with Essendon, he, again, as a whole, um, it's slightly inexperienced and on the younger side. Uh, but look, you know, it is a daunting midfield premise that they've got there with, you know, Alan Barber, Amelia Radford, Jordan Centetta, Madison Presparkus, Georgia G as well, too. So, yeah. wants to watch out for sure. So, uh, I have a question. Can you give mm. us a few, I mean, obviously, I don't know how much you've thought about it because it hasn't opened <laughs> as we're recording this, but give us a few players you're expecting to pick that might not be um, on many people's minds. So, no Kiara Bowers. Right. Um, great question. Uh, so, I, I've already mentioned um, Fleur Davies um, yep. from yep. GWS. She's definitely um, one that I've lock, locked in early. As starting um, rock or bench rock? I probably bench run. I reckon I'll right. probably have bench run. Probably uh, Leah Cutting. I reckon if nice. um, that all goes well, nice. that'll be my number one. But I mean, still, it's a bit too bit early. I mean, there's still there were still some good premiums there from last season that are, could still go that way. Um, who else do I like? Um, oh, I'd heard on the grapevine, and I'm trying to remember her name. There's the defender, um, defender from. Um, Collingwood. Um, Slicer? Slicer, thank you. Yep. Yes, another one that I, I, I like the looks of as well too because um, there is talk that she is likely to move into the midfield. And again, those are really players that you want to look out for, especially in practice games to see how they perform because you know if they do really do well in the midfield and they do have a good change of position, they are ones that you're going to want to target early. I mean, Rebecca Webster was a steal for us last season. Yeah. Um, from Geelong, who was playing, who was listed in defence but playing in midfield. So those are the things you really want to want to watch out for. So that's another name. Yeah, unpopular opinion. I think that Slyshaw would be a bad pick if she gets moved into the midfield. I think I see yeah. her as a Jack Crisp, Jaden Short type. She gets a lot yeah. of her points, um, getting intercept marks, loose back, uh, very good that's reader true. of the ball and things like that. And I just think that with Davy coming back from an ACL, Britt Benici. Um, you've got Chloe Malloy, who's supposed to be moving into the midfield. You've got all these gun midfielders at Collingwood. I think that um, most of her points will come from the back line, and I think that if she gets moved into the midfield, I actually probably won't start her, although no, I think most people will. Interesting. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Got to look back at, you know, um, players who transition 
and 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 how long they take to settle down in in that new midfield position you know if it's if it's uh, yeah, four I, rounds I, yeah i watched it's, ruby it's very close i watched ruby very closely last season because i didn't have her um, I started with her. I think she was averaging about 40 in the first few weeks. I traded her out. She went on to average like 95 in the last five. Um, so I was watching her very closely and she was absolute gun. She was kind of like, I guess, like a Sam Doherty. She read the play really well. Yeah. Um, got a lot of intercept marks. Now, if you put Doherty into the midfield and Carlton had a stacked midfield with Cripps, Walsh, Chera, Hewitt. If you threw Doherty into that midfield, I actually think his scoring would go down. So that's how I see Slasher personally. Interesting. We, I think the bracket matches will be a great oh, insight to to uh, to see what happens. Interesting. Uh, Azza, uh, have you got any? Bainy mentioned before you wanted a couple of gems. Is there anyone? Because with the pricing, pricing system is going to be slightly different with the rookies yeah, this year. Selby mentioned that the, the top draft picks are going to have far more of a premium than they did last season. So, are there any really late picks that you think are a chance to play around one? Oh, if, I mean, that's a question without notice, but. <laughs> That's all right. I, I love love these questions without those. Um, let's see. Uh, I I don't think there's probably too many in the later back half of the draft um, that comes to mind. I'm just can I throw one going through you? going through my list. But yeah, go you go. So well, there's think- a, a girl I don't know much about, but I do have some of the stats that you posted about a month ago with some of the junior numbers of the the draftees. So Talia mm. Reed from Fremantle. You had listed as a general forward. Uh, I think like the last forty picks, the average fantasy score between them is about forty, and she yeah, is the true. only one who is green who averaged seventy four in the NAB league, uh, and she was the second last pick in the entire draft. And I knew nothing about That's her. Right. What's she like? Uh, yeah, look, Talia Reid's um, yeah great pickup. So um, she was you know really well did a really good performance for Cold Cannons throughout the year, as you mentioned, yeah, seventy four point one, uh, very late selection. Um, for Frio, um, could have gone either way. I was really surprised that I actually went with it, but it's given her the chance to be able to perform on the big stage. There was plenty, plenty of players um, to pick for in this draft, and um, she is definitely yeah a good selection there. I, I, I like that one to watch out for. Um, Fleur Davies, as I know, I keep mentioning um, as a late pick. Uh, Amelia Radford for Essendon, pick sixty-two, average seventy-nine point nine for Essendon, the VFLW. So she's got um, a Good, good, good experience there. Not just um, from a junior perspective, just as a uh, mature age as well too. So um, another good selection. Hannah Stewart is probably another one to watch out for for St Kilda at pick mm-hmm. sixty three. Um, but yeah, St Kilda probably have a few too many midfields that she might miss out. But uh, she'll be very high on their radar, having performed incredibly well for the Southern Saints uh, earlier this year. Yeah, the St Kilda midfield is going to be a real interesting one with. Um... Lucas Rod leaving the club yeah. and potentially um, Patricios coming back from the the COVID where she, she missed because she wasn't vaccinated, missed the whole season with a 30% discount. So that'll be interesting. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I, I can't wait for the, uh, for, yeah, uh, to, to play around with all these gems. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, so as a, before we let you go, um, mm. I noticed that you posted something about a um, a new endeavor of yours. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So um, another way that I was throwing myself in a bit of the deep end of um, world of uh, content creation and journalism and data storytelling is um, I've started my own little side project called The Dub. And 
Nice. I wanted to finish. I wanted to fill in a bit of a niche that there was in the AFLW um, community. I didn't feel like there was being there was enough content um, out there in terms of stories being told, in terms of um, just generating more buzz for the competition itself. It's grown a lot, um, but the, the journalism, the storytelling, the podcasts, it hasn't really grown like it has with the AFL men's. I and mean, the AFL men's does an incredible amount of work in terms of their media. They've got fingers on the pulses. They have people are training. They've got ev- people everywhere. The FLW doesn't have that. And so I thought, well, if this is my way of not only getting into that side of things, but also being able to um, get people more interested in the game, more invested, talking about it from a different, whole different range of point of view. So it's not just going to be just storage, it's general stories that happen throughout the season. The in-depth analysis is as well. So um, there will also be a, a weekly podcast that I'll, I'll do just talking about just general news, upcoming things, just maybe yourself. a bit of fantasy. Yeah, at the moment, it's just myself. Um, who knows where uh, where it'll take me. I'm hoping that I can get some I, um, some AFL players on there, but uh, fingers crossed, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But it's just it's just another way for me to, to to give to the AFL community and say, look, I want to tell these stories. How can I go about doing it? How can I get people involved? Uh, how can we just tell tell more stories? Yeah. And what what kind of fantasy con- content can people expect on there? Yeah, so uh, predominantly there'll be a lot of AFLW fantasy stuff there. Um, there is also Sheep Plays that um, has been doing a lot of great work since 2019 in the fantasy space as well too. So there'll be a bit of um, stuff uh, on that as well too and likely some um, some draft stars, which is, um, uh, believe it or not, the first fantasy competition to do AFL women's um, sports. So there'll be... Given that that has a close tie to AFLW Fantasy, there'll be a little bit of there. But uh, the majority will probably be focused on um, Selby's competition. Nice. And uh, where can people find it? It's just a website? Is there a Twitter handle? Is there a Facebook, anything? Yeah, so at the moment, um, there is, we started off with a Twitter handle, so that is the dub AU. Uh, and the site uh, launched uh, on Monday, which is the dub.com.au. Pretty straightforward. Um, so those are the two places you can find it. Likely it'll move into to Facebook territory. Who knows? TikTok, maybe. Oh, God, I hope not. You've lost me now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, long-term plans, but in, in the interim, no, look, there's a, a, a nice website that's been made live that you'll find statistics on there already. So for all the uh, listeners that you have for AFLW Fantasy, I've been able to put um, every score since 2017 up on that website. So oh, for wow. people really planning their AFLW uh, fantasy seasons, there's a lot of statistics that you'll be able to find on that website you won't be able to find anywhere else. Wow. All right. Well, I'll definitely look into it. But it's been fun. I reckon we're done with you, Az. <laughs> no, thanks very much for having me. Mate. Absolute no, pleasure. Was- yeah, no, it was good fun. We definitely there's a lot to unpack. I might actually have to go back and listen back to this one. Yeah, yeah, that's there's right, a lot of yeah. names that yeah. got dropped that I'm not familiar with. So yeah. I might have to write them down when the uh <laughs> The platform opens, see if I can get them in. Yeah. Love the insight as a awesome, awesome having you on. Uh, no, thanks. thanks very much. Thanks, mate. Well, Michael, that was such a cool chat with Ezra. I mean, my biggest takeaway was that I always had the guns and rook uh, strategy in mind, but the name that sort of jumped out to me was Robottom, year two of Robottom. What would that mean? How much is she priced at and could she become 
the next powers. Wow. Like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know that anyone's ever got it. Okay, fair, fair enough. But, but yeah, you know, she could be the underpriced pick of the year. Yeah. Well, the one that uh, jumped out at me was Leah Cutting. <clears throat> she yeah. averaged 100 in the VFLW at the end of last season, like towards the end of the uh, last season in the twos. That could be yeah. huge. Yeah. With, with uh, Sinkuda having a bit of, of dearth in the ruck department um, yeah. i think that she only averaged oh, i don't have the numbers but i reckon it was like high 30s or something it was quite low maybe low 40s last season That's so right. she's going to be priced pretty pretty cheaply yeah uh if she if she does start if she does get named round one yeah. of the ruck she might be i can know when we spoke to mim uh she did kind of sway me to maybe want to start with mim when she said she's going to follow Kiara <laughs> everywhere and just Everyone that Bowers tackles, she's going to jump on and tackle too. That's a lot of free points. But um, I don't know. Cutting also sounds tempting now. She's yeah, going to be a lot I cheaper. I know. I know. That was a great chat with Azza. Awesome. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. really good. Yeah. Um, I reckon I might have to check out his website now. It sounds like there's a fair bit on there. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. Whoa. All right. I'm done with you. You done with me? I am. I am indeed. I am right. indeed. I'll, um, I'll catch you around in a week, mate. Easy. Easy. Take care. All right. See ya. See ya.